Welcome back to episode 33 of the Run It Three Ways podcast. We're all back behind the mics this week for yet another double episode. Two weeks of training, two weeks of running news, and of course, double the fun. Apologies to the listeners who are used to tuning in weekly, but rest assured, we'll bring you all up to date with a thrilling update in the next hour. Tom and Callum, how are you doing? Welcome back to the pod. Hello, boys. Hello. Double the fun. Double, Double the, the fun. fun yeah. We've we've really fucked it recently, haven't we, with the podcast? Yeah. The thing is, though, is like the 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 people seem to enjoy the fact that there's some suspense. You know, I think there's some people out there that quite secretly like chasing us up for the episode. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> We're just playing hard to get. Versus... But do you think there's been? I, I know we don't really look into the analytics of this, as you can imagine. We just turned up, just sort of plan for about 35 seconds about what we're going to talk about and then we just press, <laughs> press, press record and crack on but i wonder if in the analytics how many listeners we've lost along the way that kind of are a bit sick with our shit i wonder if that's that's happened yeah maybe last week the views were all right or listens were right so well they had two weeks to listen to the podcast i guess so maybe that yeah, helps i reckon it's like i reckon we for every two listeners we gain we probably lose one but that's that's decent trajectory to be on gain two lose one there we go yeah, three minutes of planning for this episode, so let's see how it goes. But it's, uh, it's what, 25 past seven on a Sunday. You you just had your dinners. Yeah. Yeah. I've just flown home from Scotland, got home, sat on the couch for about 10 minutes, then went for a long run, and I've just eaten two um, sandwiches out of the reduced section because I didn't have time to cook dinner. <laughs> <laughs> what were the sandwiches? Were they good ones at least? Oh, not really. Chicken and stuffing and an all-day breakfast. Oh, and I had a had a um the white monster as well. Oh my god, you just sick bastard! I know. That is disgusting. I know. Wait, I mate, wasn't proud many, of myself. You do. We need to set up a patron. We need to set up a patron or something asap to get this man some extra coins in his pocket because I'm telling you now, you could have got a delivery or something. Like, why are you having a monster at 7 p.m. before because... a podcast after two sandwiches, <laughs> one of them being an all-day breakfast. That is absolutely arrestable. <laughs> that is true. Um, well, there's a reason, actually, because last night I was out on the piss for a pretty big night and we didn't get home, well, back to the uh, hotel until about half three in the morning. And then our flight was at 12 o'clock today. So I think we had about, I don't know, four or five hours of interrupted sleep. Um Still half cut this morning. Um, didn't go for my run in the morning. Got home, still hungover. Barely made it through the, the flight. The last five minutes were pretty ropey, to be honest. And then I thought, you know what? That's all. That's all I got time for today. So I need a red. I need a, a can of monster to get me through. Yeah, there's there's a lot there's a lot going on. Yeah, with that, isn't there? A, a long run. At that time of evening, yeah, white monster, two sandwiches for your dinner. Any snacks? Did you did you make it like a meal deal at least, or was no, it just it was no, no, no. It was that reduced. Was it. The man didn't even treat himself to a normal sandwich. No way. They were fifty p each. I was like, that's that's me sorted. I love a bargain as much as the next man, but come on, Ben, you need to be getting some broccoli or something in you after a night out. You can't be having an all day breakfast sandwich at eight p.m., seven p.m. Well, it, it took me. To... <laughs> About two, two, three minutes to, to wolf it down. So, yeah, it there should see go, me mate. through this podcast. There you go. What a Sunday, Dedication. mate. What, yep. a sun what a Sunday indeed. Excited to find out about the um, the race and the trip. I think that'll be good. Yeah, it was a good one. I'm not going to lie. What, what about you guys? What have you had for dinner? Tom, what you had? Well, I've technically not really had my dinner yet. Um, but I am sipping 
on a little smoothie thing at the moment. So I've got a couple bananas. Some, oh, my uh... God. What is going on here? So you're having a smoothie for your breakfast. Who are you, Stephen Bartlett? Bloody hell. <laughs> and he's not had dinner yet. And it's... <laughs> but, but we've got oh, some frozen seven. blueberries in there, a couple of bananas, some uh, OTE vanilla um, protein. Do you know how long this milk. podcast is? This podcast normally is a minimum of 90 minutes, and it's half seven. Yeah, I've, I've, I've made an error. <laughs> but I, I've, so I've had have some a pretty hungry Tom. As well, yeah, we're gonna have a hungry me. Ben's gonna be hiccuping and shitting so, himself. Yeah, and, um, Callum is just well fed on risotto by the sounds of it from the group chat. Yeah, I've got nothing funny to say. Honestly, I cooked a very nice risotto and I ate it. So sorry for being <laughs> sorry for being late. That was my fault. Uh, I was I was engrossed in in doing something for work. So uh, apologies for that, boys. My fault that we're starting a bit late. Not a problem at all. I needed a couple of few minutes to, to do a little bit more of the notes. Um, but yeah, should we go through some of our training weeks? Tom, yeah. you've yeah. been uh, you've been back on the continuous runs. Do you want to kick us off? I have. Um, I don't really know where to start because this is obviously two weeks worth. So I could do a summary of what's been going on and then just go through a bit of this week. Yeah, I, I, think, I think that's a good shout um whatever you, ha- you whatever you yeah. think is most important or significant and we will look at your strava and guide you to anything that we feel uh maybe of note so i'm immediately looking at this like eye-watering emoji that suggests kind of like um a, a, frigi- <laughs> a, a fragility or like an emotion that's been attached to this run so i'm thinking wow i want to find out why continuous 30 minutes made him well up so you know and even sammy's it. in the comment section so yeah it must be a big one so yeah this was my first uh well, my first continuous 30 minutes um, and 30 minutes for me, stupidly, I know it's only an arbitrary number and it's no different to 25 continuous minutes, but 30 minutes feels like a proper run. That's like, you know, if you're doing a, a, a double or just an, you've got a very easy day, 30 minutes is about the, the global standard, isn't it? Of like a, a run that's worth having a shower after and all of that sort of stuff. Do you know what I mean? Would you agree? Kind of, kind of, I would say 5k would be my kind of thing. Of really? It. 5k. Yeah. Which is faster than 30 minutes, isn't it? But still I get that. Yeah. I get that. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, this was completed on a treadmill whilst I was out in Germany. Um, I think I sent a voice note, didn't I, from this hotel that you oh, yeah. stuck in yeah. the last episode. Yeah. So that old trip, that was a bloody good trip to be honest. It was, basically my idea of heaven being in a windowless room in the adidas headquarters in uh in germany talking about shoes giving the product line managers and the designers feedback on recently released stuff and then looking at what's to come in the next but pretty much two years of of adidas um which was exciting because um yeah the, the adios pro 3 has obviously been out for a while there's rumors and stuff about Adios Pro 4, but you're gonna have to wait. You're gonna have to wait a bloody while for that. Mm. But it is it is very good. Um, very, very good indeed. That um, um Pro 4 that's like going around Instagram at the moment isn't the Pro 4, is it? No, 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 no. It's it's uh They messed uh, up the they messed up it, the branding, I think, on one of their like new colorways, and everyone thinks it's the Pro 4, but it's 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 a Pro 3. Yeah, I, I imagine I'm allowed to say this, but basically Pro 4, the the reason why those shoes say Adios Pro 4 on them is because they're just samples um, that were going to be made. But they got the Pro 4 into testing, which was meant to be released this summer. 
um, and they found that it had no benefit over Adios Pro 3. So they effectively went back to the drawing board. Um, and so I think it's going to be like spring, summer 25, 2025 that we get Adios Pro 4 and Takumi Sen 10 and all that good stuff. But they, yeah, it, it looks very good. I've had it on my feet, didn't run in it, but could, you know, have a little jog up and down and whatnot whilst we were there. And yeah, Adios Pro 4 is special. Um, mm. And on that topic, I've, I've actually got some very exciting shoes on my feet right now at the time of recording, um, which I'm sure you'll be getting at some point, Ben. Um, what does, car- oh. does carbon help you drink smoothies quicker? Well, it does, you know. I, I just sometimes I just need to give give my feet a little bit of a treat whilst we're on the podcast. Um, so I've got the Primex Strung Two on my oh, feet wow. at oh, so the it's, moment. So it's an illegal it's, it's an illegal smoothie then, is it? Yeah, uh. I just, it just feels a little bit more naughty. Yeah, um, right. That's it. Um, anyway, all that said, uh, that's why I was in Germany. That's why I was running on a treadmill in a German hotel at five fifty two in the morning. Um, what um, what German shoes did you have on your feet? What German shoes? Uh, I had the Boston Twelves on, which for my money, is probably the best shoe or my favourite shoe that I've tried over the last what, year or so. Granted, there's not been much running in the previous sort of <laughs> year. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think I think that's a phenomenal shoe. Um, and I just felt good on this run. That's why I did the, the little emoji, Callum, because uh, it's the first time running has actually felt good. Like my legs have been fine the whole time. I've my legs have wanted to do more, but just lungs and coordination. I've just felt like a sack of potatoes really up until this run. Um, and this was pretty enjoyable. So 30 minutes, 6.2 K 449 average. Um, very nice. Good stuff. Uh, yeah. And then I don't think I did anything the next day or did I? Yeah, I did. I, uh, got the plane back to London well, back to Bristol, actually. And then when I got home, it's been a long day of traveling and I didn't want to have a whole day of not doing any exercise. So I got out on my bicycle and just went for a little almost 10 mile spin. It's about 35 minutes, 15.8K on the bike. Um, and cycling's quite fun, isn't it? Really? I, I don't know if you boys have, have done much actual cycling recently out on the roads and that. Not uh, recently. I, I like cycling commuting. You know, where I'm mm. on for kind of like 20 minutes at a time, weaving in and out of traffic, you know, jumping off the curbs. That's my, <laughs> that's my sort of... That, that, you got your fixed BMX bike. Single speed. No, I'm doing this on the road bike. The tyres are absolutely at it after my antics. <laughs> anyway, I leave it outside to rust. I don't, I'm not exactly a, a caring caring person for it. Um, but what I find with cycling when I've done it, you know, my dad's really into cycling and I've, I've gone out with him for, you know, an hour, two hours, three hours. It gets a bit a bit samey unless you're in a really good location, I think. So if, if I knew the sort of cycling routes or I was out with the group, I'm sure it's a load of fun. But after a while, the pedaling's just kind of a bit like, oh, you know, just gets to me. <laughs> what what I like about cycling is the fact that it it hurts in a different way. Like, I don't know, like my, my quads and glutes feel it a lot with cycling. Whereas when I'm running, I don't feel it in my quads and glutes really at all. Um, so it's, it feels good in that respect. And you obviously get to go a lot faster which is quite fun. Uh, I did nearly kill a small black dog on this bike ride. There was um, oh, a woman who was, yeah, there was a woman who was walking her dog, and it was a tiny little black puppy thing. And I just heard her like scream. It was like a blood curdling scream. 
luckily I looked down and there was just a tiny little black dog jumping across the uh, this little path. So that was a near miss, but um, spiked the adrenaline a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that was that. And then the next day I did 25 minutes. That was in the New Balance Super Comp Trainer V2, which is another all right shoe, isn't it? Have you got that, Ben? I haven't, no, but it looks very nice on your foot. Yeah, there. that looks that that photo you've taken is immense. That's a great photo. Oh, thanks, Callum. The look detail. at the lighting on that. How that looks, made it look that, like that? That looks like it should be on the website. That <laughs> it, was just, <laughs> it was just on a little brick wall after the um. Is it on an iPhone? After the run? No, uh, it's on it's on the little Fuji. But yeah, that was that was enjoyable. So had, what, uh, what's that shoe that? Oh, this is turning into such a long episode already, isn't it? Jesus Christ! <laughs> but what sh- what shoe is that then? Is that just? I'm I'm looking here. Two hundred nine quid. Is that like a racing shoe or what is this? No, so this is uh, one of those super, super trainers. trainer V2. So it's essentially the, the training partner to the Super Comp Elite V3, which you've got, Callum. Yeah, yeah, I um, have, correct. Yeah, so it's a little bit heavier than that. Uh, there's a few little tweaks and changes to it that just make it generally more comfortable. But yeah, on the whole, it's your it's long not illegal anymore, shoe. is it? It's, no, it's, it's, uh, it's under the legal limit now. I think it's go. like 39 probably like 39 and a half or bang on 40 mil of stack. So yeah, nice, it's a nice little shoe that looks spicy. So anyway, that was 25 minutes, five and a half K, uh, lovely jubbly. Then afternoon workout. I don't know <laughs> what this was. <laughs> I, I can't remember. Average heart rate, elliptical. 160. Bloody it's got, hell. It's got to be bike or elliptical, surely. Yeah, it must have been must have been elliptical, but I don't think You've I did gone it nuts, for an hour mate. and twenty six minutes. So, well, no, I definitely didn't do it for an hour and twenty six minutes. So, I'm not entirely sure what's gone on there. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> moving swiftly on. Uh, what were you up to, mate? That's what I want to know. Hundred sixty beats. Yeah, your that's heart, hefty. Your heart rate just cut out after twenty seven minutes or something. It just like the graph, it's not there anymore. Did it? Oh, okay. Yeah, that that probably explains things. Having probably a smoothie. Twenty-seven minutes on the um on the elliptical, uh, and then July thirtieth. That was last Sunday, wasn't it? I did another little run on the treadmill, um, which brings us on to this week. And Monday's not on here, but I actually went on a, a lovely little bike ride. I did ten miles with Charlotte Perdue and Adam Clark whilst they were running, which was uh, an interesting way to spend a Monday. We're shooting a little day in the life type thing with Charlotte. Um, and I thought I might as well ride alongside them for, for the run. So that Very was good. Nice. It was around Windsor Great Park, which if I don't know if you boys have ever been there, but it's a fabulous gaff. Unbelievable running around there. Like big, wide, traffic-free paths, nice little rolling hills. Very quiet, very scenic. Yeah views of Windsor Castle. It was very nice. I enjoyed it. Sounds lovely. Yeah. Good so, content? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully you'll see it soon. Um, but yeah, enjoyed that. Uh, I, I don't know where, where we got up to then. Um, that was the end of week one, right? Or was it Monday you did the cycle? Sorry. Yeah, that was Monday. So the, the only real update since then is I've done two runs, which were 35 minutes in duration. So about seven and a half K on those. I did a loop instead of an out and back on one of them. Which, oh yeah, uh, down the canal. Yeah, down the canal, up up a big hill. 
the the main thing I've realised coming back from injury and getting you know starting to do some more continuous running is hills just absolutely spanked me. Like I on the flats, I feel all right. I actually feel quite good. Feel like normal on the flats, but as soon as I get on a hill, my heart rate just goes through the roof, and I. Yeah, I almost had to stop at the top of this hill, which was a little bit embarrassing, to be honest, because I used to run up it, you know, at least three, four times a week. Um, so, yeah, that that was that. So 35 minutes is the new normal now, which is quite a nice feeling. Nice. Oh, um, you've slated a shoe in your comment section here on your, on your, on your cycle. on my lunch break spin yeah so i did another 30 minutes on the bike um and the peg 39 has become my go-to cycling shoe i don't have cleats or i don't like that word but i don't have those cycling shoes or anything like that um mainly because i can't be bothered to spend the money on them to be honest um so yeah the peg pegasus 39 has become my go-to cycling shoe it just seems to just seems to be about right for pedaling it doesn't get in the way don't feel too cumbersome um, and it's a shit running shoe, so it's sort of, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's served me well one way or another. Sorry to anybody who likes the Peg Thirty Nine, but good grief, don't yeah, I wouldn't recommend running in it if you've got any other options. Any other options? Yeah, yeah, I can't remember what I called it in my review. I've not tried it, so if anyone wants to send me a Peg Thirty Nine, I'll wear it and tell you if it's any good. You can have mine if you like, Callum. They're a bit muddy now, but I think they've probably done about 10 miles of running in total. Perfectly average is how I described it. Perfectly average. Yeah. 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 But sometimes the worst... that's what you want from a running shoe, isn't it? Yeah. You are right. Yeah, you are right. Is, it, is it the sort forever. of shoe Is it the sort of shoe you travel to a race in and then you take it off and warm up in a good shoe? No, it looks shocking as well. Oh, fair yeah. enough. Okay, fair enough. It's, it's the sort of shoe you probably shouldn't buy. Right, I would, I would say there's a much better option. Thanks, to, yeah. <laughs> thanks to Nike for sponsoring this episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, Especially when you've got like an invincible. Why would you want to run in a oh, peg? Yeah, actually, even or or the uh, the Infinity Four. Why would you run in a peg? Oh yeah, you've got today. that little spicy one on on your feet. So I did 30 minutes this morning, um, which is probably I want to say probably the best I've felt so far i know i said that about the treadmill run but that's on the treadmill so it's a little bit different this outside on a few hills and stuff this is probably the best um yeah the best i've felt so far the most normal i've felt so far uh so that was 30 minutes just over 6k 444k and half tights that's on. It. half tights aero swift half tights <laughs> lovely uh infinity fours and yeah there i expected to hate that shoe it's a big uh, chunk of React yeah. foam underfoot. React X foam, Ben, makes, oh, makes wow. a big difference. Uh, What's I, that mean? Yeah, Recycled. Well, yeah. Which normally the alarm normally bells means start ringing. Performance, doesn't it? Yeah, but it's actually it's a lot softer in hand and underfoot, and I believe according to the stats, it's thirteen percent uh, increase in energy return over regular React. And you, to be honest, you can't get much worse than regular React. So yeah, I was going to say they, they can't have been too hard. <laughs> but you know, it's it's very, very, very comfortable. Maybe it feels similar to like the Nimbus in terms of stepping comfort, but this one doesn't make me feel like my foot's on fire. So that's that's a plus point. And I'll I'll probably run in it again, like for easy days um, when the doubles return in about three years' time, maybe. 
uh, it'll be a good double run shoe, I think, just because of how comfortable it is. What so, about the weight? It looks a little bit of a, a oh, clumpy one. It is an absolute beefcake. I All think right. it's it's about 300 grams. But uh, the Carno 30 from yeah. Essex is about 300 grams. Even the Invincible is not far off in you know in in my size yeah. so for a shoe like that i don't think weight is necessarily Doesn't something matter. you should be concerned about nah if you're just jogging in it all you need it to be is very comfortable nice and protective well cushioned bish bash bosh um so yeah i ain't got a clue what's going on for the last couple of minutes i'm not gonna lie like, <laughs> i heard Tom's someone back baby I heard Tom's someone, back and I love someone, it. someone talking about 300 grams of beef at some point during that and just like <laughs> I ain't heard it. Honestly, I, I've, I've proper zoned out of, of that shoe chat. I'm not going to lie, lads. So, yeah, good running, Tom. That was class, mate. Um, keep Callum it up. Thought we were, Callum thought we were talking about his nan's beef casserole recipe. Again. Yeah, for a second. Flashbacks. I, I, thought Paul, I thought Pauline was getting a mention again, but <laughs> alas, it wasn't. But all you need to know numbers-wise, 21.34 kilometres this week. If, if you're listening to this episode, I'm sorry, by the way, for some of the stuff that we come out with, because it is it is <laughs> absolute crap. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they tune in every week. Yeah, yeah, must be doing something right. <laughs> I'm not I, sure what, but no, no, maybe we'll find out one day. It will all make sense. But yeah, I, I ran a half marathon this week. Uh, Good over stuff, the course mate. Of seven days, and the gym stuff. I've I haven't put any of it on. I think I might have put one of the sessions on Strava, but I just can't be asked to do these manual uploads of all the exercises and stuff. But yeah, I'm still going twice a week. I did. You got your runs now. Keep the uh, yeah. Keep the followers happy, so you don't need all that gym stuff. Exactly. But you're going to keep it up. You're going to keep up the gym stuff, like in terms of the amount you've been doing. Oh, 100%. Ideally, I'd even like to go more because I enjoy it when I go. I just need to prioritize it. It's so easy. If I don't go to the gym Monday or Tuesday, it's very easy to get to Thursday, Friday and have not been to the gym that week. Whereas mm. if I prioritize it and go like first day of the week, then it's so easy to fit in a second session on either from Tuesday to Sunday. You know, that feels so much more manageable. But yeah, it's weird. I find it really easy to let the, the days just get away from me and realize I haven't been to the gym and then feel like I have to try and cram it in. Um so yeah, that's one thing I'm going to do going forwards is just prioritise it, Chimera get it Monday. out of the way earlier in the week. Uh, but yeah, doing some squats. That's quite fun now, getting a bit more bit more weight on the bar. Um, are, are you doing squats in your S&C programmes? Uh, I, do, I do explosive squats onto oh. one leg. Yeah. Okay. More, more like um, biometrics type thing rather than... Yeah. I, I don't really use weight that often. Um, yeah. but that's just my preference interesting what yeah, about I, you Callum yeah I do back squat barbell back squat yeah okay um, I think I'm weak as piss in the gym uh, I'll I'll say that now I think Rose wants me to get up to being able to easily like back squat body weight and at the moment I'm too scared to you even mean, do yeah, that as in you mean like 100% of your body weight as yeah, in, yeah, yeah, yeah 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 uh, and uh, I don't know. It, it, it takes time. To, it takes time to build up. The one thing I will say about stuff in the gym, I think, is like um, this is going to be such a weird analogy. But have you ever been to Go Ape or any sort of like a high yeah. high line type thing? When I was a kid, I remember going, and I don't know if you guys have ever done this, but you climb up this totem pole type thing, and then you have to jump and grab like a bar, like almost like a 
like trapeze. Leap of faith type thing. Like, like leap of faith, exactly yeah. that sort of thing. And it seems so far away, but but because there's the fear, you misjudge how far you can actually jump. Do you get what I mean? And <laughs> I'm he... going to bear with you on this analogy. Yeah, bear Alan. with me. Bear with me because it actually does make a lot of sense. Basically, what I'm saying is the bar is set up for kids. Of course, you can get it so easily. But because you're high up in the air and your mind's thinking, oh, I could fall, I could do whatever, you trick yourself and you think that's going to be pretty hard to grab. And then you just have a little bit of faith. You jump, you easily get the bar. Everyone cheers. I think the exact same thing in the gym where because it feels heavier than usual. So say you normally do 20 kg and you've always done 20. You're like, oh, that feels nice. And I still, my quads still ache a little bit the next day. When you first put 30 or 40 or 50 or whatever kg on the bar and you like go to squat, it, it does feel so much heavier and harder. And I think you think about the worst things that could happen. Like, oh, yeah. I'm going to fall. I'm going to drop it at the gym. I'm going to do whatever. But you have to trust that if you can run around, let's say, let's say you weighed 60 kg. If you can do 30, 40, 50 miles a week, every single time you land on your foot, you're putting that body weight times three or four through, through that foot. Like you are more than strong enough to be able to lift it. I think it's just initially doing it. So having someone there to um, kind of like guide you through it or spot you or whatever, once you've done it once, you can just go and do it like loads of times. I know when I first went to the gym, I was so like, oh, I probably shouldn't pick up the 12 kg dumbbell or whatever because i'm used to doing eight and then you do 12 once and you're like okay that's the new normal and you just crack on with it so yeah um yeah i think you can do way more you just got to trust yourself to be like okay it's fat you know you don't have to smash it out you can just do one at a time it's it's funny how many child like insecurities and stuff come back in the gym for me like yesterday uh when i was meant to do squats in the evening after doing some elliptical there were these big scary looking blokes uh, on the squat rack and I thought oh maybe I'll maybe I'll just do it with kettlebells instead and I got like quite nervous about going to the squat rack because you know what I mean like you said Callum you, you imagine all the things that could go wrong what if I put 60 kgs on the bar and then I squat down and I can't get back up again and I end up like one of them gym videos that go all over TikTok and what whatnot um, so that's it's a good challenge it's good to uh, yeah get over that I suppose, and not just settle for what's comfortable and try and do stuff that uh, scares you a little bit. But it's the same with everything. Like if you could go into the gym oh, yeah. and do the exercise fine, you wouldn't need to do it. So with <laughs> with with all the exercises that you do, you should be a bit crap at it first. Either you're not doing a heavy weight, or your form's terrible, or you're off balance when you're doing it. And that should be, if you never go to the gym and experience that, then you're not progressing your S and C at a a fast enough rate if you see what i mean so i should go and be like oh my left side is way weaker than my right that's why i'm going to the gym to fix my left side if it was yeah. perfect then what would be the point of going you know so yeah i think a lot of people will be able to relate with you know wanting to do a core exercise but they can only do two minutes of ben's 45 minute video it'd be easier for you to think oh shit <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a failure i'd rather just not have the experience of doing the two minutes and just put core to the back of my priorities or you yeah. make or you make up an excuse and you go like oh core's probably not that important or actually i probably lift a lot of boxes at work so that's probably my core like I probably <laughs> don't even need to do it when actually you need to just get over the barrier of being like okay if it's two minutes this week and it's three next week then cool that's improvement and then you know eventually you'll be doing the full 45 minute video and yeah you know it'll be a distant memory so yeah i think mm. a lot of people can relate to your uh gym type thing there tom yeah cool um, all right, cool. Well, next week, I've, I'm up to. I've just got the email from Rose up. Bloody hell, 45 minutes next week. That'd be yeah. fun, wouldn't it? Long run. <laughs> yeah, might, might even get 10k in that. Yeah, I was going to say, should be about 10k in that. Yeah, so 
here we go. Should be back to running 60 minutes by the end of August, apparently. And I think once you're up to running an hour, like as as standard, that's when you can start adding some little sessions and stuff like that back in. So, yeah. Uh, happy get, a, days. get a couple of races in calendar for for uh, September, mate. Now, hold on. I'm not sure about <laughs> that. In in the back of my head, in the very back of my head, there's uh, the last Bristol Track Club 5K. When's that? That's like towards the end of September, isn't it? I think. Not sure. Um, you're not racing at the end of September. That's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> you're what running, about, what you're about run... a see where you're at kind of race, though? Where you do like a 5K at, at, at an effort and then be like, okay, yeah, like that's, a my base, that's my baseline. Yeah. yeah, treat it like a tempo type effort rather than absolutely wreck yourself and dry heave afterwards. Oh, you so know? you want to do a race so you can do a tempo at the race? Well, so you're going to yeah, turn up to the race of excitement. You're going to turn up to the race and do a tempo. I can see this is an absolute lose-lose situation. You turn up, you get a time worse than what you know you're capable of, and you feel shit afterwards. Or you turn up to a race saying you're going to do a tempo. You get caught up in the emotions. You actually run really hard, and then you get injured again because you've been back training for three weeks. Yeah, maybe I'll wear the Carano 30s for it. That was like that. <laughs> oh, mate. I'm only joking. I'm not going to race. You may as well I won't do be it. racing anytime soon. Don't you worry about that. I don't know, you know, Ben's getting in your head. I can feel it. You're going to, <laughs> you, you'll be going to Macedonia with him before I know it. <laughs> Pace the first few K. You're fine, mate. Pace the first 200 meters at the mm. moment, I reckon. Great week, Tom. And what's the you you missed? You forgot to tell the listeners the biggest news of your why is this? Why is your week significant in terms of the volume? Did I? Yeah, you didn't. You didn't tell the listeners. No, oh, what's that? Why is it significant? You ran more than me this week. Oh, yeah, I did, didn't I? Yeah, that is, I'll, I'll take any when I can get at the moment. I, w- I, that, don't, I wonder how many a... episodes it's been since you weren't the one that ran the least. Yeah, oh, many. Since, I reckon, February. Well over 10, well yeah. over 10 episodes, surely. Lovely stuff. Well, there you go, mate. Yeah, you're back. Officially. The cars are rising on the old Strava. Mm. Love to see it. Let's keep it right, yeah. Shall I try and go through my two weeks of fun? Yeah, go on, go on then, Ben. Give us the highlights. Okay, I'm trying my best. So I'll start off with mileage. So I came down in terms of mileage from my previous week that we talked about in the uh, episode 32. So I did 156k in week one of two, and then the week that we're in now, I did 130 kilometers. Um, so in my first week, I had the one session, I think um let me just double check yeah i had uh four by a mile on tuesday um with my new group um and it we averaged 446 per mile so it's pretty solid one um again still getting used to these new workouts because this one was six minutes recovery um which for me is kind of completely unnecessary to be totally honest um but i ended up just jogging like a few laps so i didn't get cold um but the purpose of the workout is obviously to push the pace during the reps a lot harder than you usually would. Yeah, so that... I was going to say, if you've got six minutes like, and you say it's not necessary, maybe you just need to start spanking the reps a bit more. Yeah, I, th- I think that's probably what it is. But I'm not used to that sort of training. So I was ready to go after maybe like a minute and a half, two minutes, um, fully recovered by three minutes. So it's just learning how these sort of sessions are to be uh, like how to execute these sessions. So, yeah, I was pretty happy with that one. Um, and I think from what I can remember, it was um sort of run the first three laps fairly controlled and then the last lap they wanted us to push it on a little bit so that's what we all did a good session with the guys then 
I didn't really do a lot more in terms of uh, speed for the week in terms of sessions. Um, I was sort of tapering down a little bit um, for the Essex 10,000 meter championships. I say taper, I still ran quite a lot, but I was just um, reducing the intensity of my training. So just replacing my usual session days with just double easy runs. Um, and I got to the race on Friday, feeling pretty fresh and ready to try and defend my title. I've won it for the last two years. So if I, if I won it this year, it was going to be three. And yeah, successfully defended the title. Um, it's actually a pretty good race this year compared to the previous years. Um, in 2019, I basically ran 33 minutes, um, just outkicked another guy. At the time, that was a pretty rapid uh, 10K for me. Last year, I just ran solo from the gun. And this year, I thought it might be a solo from the gun type affair again, um, just because the Essex 10,000 meters doesn't seem to be that um, competitive and not really many people are up for 25 laps on the track. So a weird time in the year. It's a shit event, to be honest with you. Um, but I still turned up and <laughs> gave it a go. And in the race, going into the race, I had two sort of game plans. My first was to, if it was going to be me from the gun on my own, I was just going to try and hold 305s per kilometre, um, which would have made, given me around 31 minutes, which I think is what I'm probably capable of um, in terms of where my fitness is at at the moment, based off my training. Um, and the other game plan was if someone did come with me, I was just going to front run it and uh, slow it down a little bit to make sure that I had enough to outkick whoever it may be um, at the end of the race. And that's what happened, really. Went through the first minutes exactly. And this chap called Alex, I've not actually raced him before or I didn't actually know much about him um, prior to this race, but he's run 221 for the marathon. So he's a good runner. Um, he runs for Colchester and Tendering. Um, and I'm glad I didn't know he was a, a decent runner, to be honest with you, because I probably been a bit, would have been a bit more worried um, had I known. But I basically led from gun to tape, literally all 25 laps. He sat on my shoulder until the last lap. Um, I kicked with 300 metres to go. I say kicked, I just increased the pace a little bit as we went round a couple of laps runners and I noticed a gap appeared. Um, so I didn't have to go into sort of full-blown race mode um it was sort of just a slow wind up of the pace and got a little gap ended up beating him by about seven seconds i think and took the one in th win in 31 35 so a couple of about 10 seconds off my track pb um but a good a good race gun to take nice i like that good good race good race are you not tempted like in hindsight obviously hindsight's uh, 2020 yeah would you or, or for next year's thinking, kind of how you frame this to the listeners with your kind of improvement, your goals and stuff. Did you, Was part of this because it was local and it's good content if you win the race and you'd won it twice, so you wanted to win it three times. Is that kind of the Essex 10K champs to bed for you now? Are you going to yeah. go back and do it next year? Because all, all my thinking is, is like you've spent the week getting ready for a race and done one kind of like low-key session to get ready for it. Do you not think that the, the time would be spent more productive as in you could have gone and run 30 30 maybe somewhere with an amazing field and maybe yeah. come 20th place or whatever yeah 100 percent. i think for me i was just trying to get that title again for the third year in a row um i was secretly hoping some more like competitive runners would turn up and we could have a bit more of a race but it didn't happen um so yeah that'll be it for the essex 10,000 for me probably i'm um, gonna look at doing the 
uh what's it called night of the ten thousands next year if i'm going to do a, a 10k on the track because yeah that event i don't want to go into too much detail but it was it was not a good one from a uh an officiating point of view yeah, put some I... cones out that's yeah you know if yeah you... that, I, I actually don't think is there a rail Oh, there's uh, not a rail anywhere. So technically, that I think yeah. you have to have a rail for it to get like actually ratified anyway. So yeah, there you go. Yeah, there you go. But Good job, was, it wasn't a what, great time. No, what I was gonna say is like I think you've. I, I get the experience of winning races is amazing, but also like mm. I think you you deserve for how much training you do to have times that reflect the kind of training that you do. If you see what I yeah. mean. Yeah. Oh like yeah. Thirty-one thirty-five from the front, amazing. Like well done, Ben. But I reckon if you'd had super shoes on and went to Battersea Park by yourself and I said, Ben, can you do a tempo in 3135? You probably could have done it, if you get what I mean. Yeah. Um, so from like a pushing yourself on perspective, I think it'd be great for you to um, definitely plot out the calendar to make sure you have things like Night of the 10Ks or not not even necessarily big events, just things where there's going to be three or four faster runners where yeah. you can do what the guy's done to you here and just follow someone for 25 laps and try and get a good time. Yeah, 100%. That is exactly my thinking, to be honest with you. But it was good to get the win. But I will be looking to get some more competitive races definitely next year. Talking of which, I've got a 5K race next Saturday in Cardiff, the home nations. Yeah, which will be rapid. Which that's will exactly, be quick. That's yeah. the exact sort of race I'm talking about where like I'll be, you know, you're in shape to get an amazing PB there if you just get your head down and just forget, exactly. about, forget about your watch and run with people. They're going to run 13, 40 something there. So like, yeah. just, just get on it. I'll run 13, 39. <laughs> There you go, mate. There you go. Um, but yeah, that was the Essex 10,000 metres and that sort of wrapped up my week. Did a long run on Sunday um, and just felt pretty flat. I was hoping to get a decent long run in, having sort of lowered the intensity for the week. But obviously 25 laps in spikes is always going to fuck your legs up a little bit. And I definitely felt that. The alpha flies uh, couldn't mask the pain that I was feeling in my quads. So just kept it fairly controlled. Uh, then on to this week, so slightly less volume again because I was a bit more um, focused in on the race in terms of I wanted to get a more of a, a peak performance rather than a training effect. Um, I had the 3,000 metres, which was yesterday in Glasgow in the Premier, in the final of the Premier Division of the NAL, which will be our last um, Premier Division meet because we got relegated. But anyway... Um, I'll talk you through my week quickly. Another race week. Um, I decided to do two sort of smaller sessions this week um, rather than just the one. Um, I think moving forward, I would like to do a session on a Wednesday, but just the way my track, the the way um, Chelmsford meet, we meet on a Tuesday and a Thursday for track meet for like sessions. I think moving forward, if I've got a race on a Saturday, I will do my last session on a Wednesday just to give myself two easy days. Um, before the race um but yeah this week we did um basically 12 400s on tuesday night and that was a good session um martin the coach had actually tailored this one a bit more specifically to me which is a good sign he's obviously accepting me into the group and recognizing the sort of the needs that i want from my training or he's realizing that if i ran like 72 seconds with the front boys like most of the pack in this group it wouldn't have been that much of a workout for me um so i had it was split into three no four sets of three 400s and on the first 400 i had to run 
uh, around 62. Then the middle 400, he wanted me to settle into my 5K pace, which is around 72, 71. And then for that third rep, again, back down to 62s, if not a bit faster if I could. Um, so it's basically working on the sort of change of paces that you can experience in a races. I mean, that's pretty dramatic change of the paces. But um, yeah, it's a really good one because we only had 30 seconds recovery. So I'd basically run a lap at 1500 meter pace, had 30 seconds to recover, a lap at 5k pace, and then 30 seconds, a lap at uh, 1500 meter pace. Um, and that was really good. Started uh, seconds behind uh, the main group. Um, on that evening so basically had some people to chase down so that was good fun and um, wore the adidas pro threes on the track which i haven't done in i haven't, don't think i've ever done that before and they felt great on the track which what a shoe yeah unbelievable there's literally nothing they can they can't do so yeah speaking of shoes quickly ben i, I have to ask yeah what on earth are these rad things that i've been seeing popping up yeah i don't really what know to be honest with you um give us the backstory but first of all for a bit of context that all i know about this shoe is it's called rad r-a-d yeah it looks a little bit like um a supermarket running shoe yeah that's what but i thought i would like to know more ben so take mm. it away yeah so i got an email in the week and they were like would you like to try these shoes out no strings attached and at first i thought oh do i really want to try them out like i had a look at them and thought they don't look the most exciting thing, right? Um, but I thought, look, give him a go. If if they're all right, then we can talk about doing some content or something like that. Um, yeah, and surprisingly, they're pretty good as like a mileage shoe. The midsole on them is actually all right. Um, and But yeah, they don't look exactly like top tier running shoe. But in terms of what they are, they're, they're all right, basically. Like a decent mileage shoe, I'd say. Hmm. Fairly comfortable, get the job done. Wouldn't nothing to write home about, but they don't look as as supermarket as they as they feel on feet. That's all I'm going to say. Is it like a CrossFit brand? Like a, there are, I think it could be. Brand. Yeah, I they're very is, stable. Because you know, I'm looking at the other shoe, they have one. Uh, they actually have one called the Dragonfly, which is funny. The Dragonfly Green. I think right. I'm on. I think I'm on the right brand here. Uh, they've got one that's not the model you've got. This is called the Rad One. Yeah triple white and i'm pretty sure this is uh, apparently their first ever running shoe as well so i mean for their first one it's pretty good yeah this one i'm here, seeing here the rad one is an all-round training shoe that's good for everything and ready for anything sorry i've just gone on the website are you seeing what i'm seeing when you first log on and the home screen says it's like a cartoon it turtle says, thing. Fuck, fuck the clock fuck the clock what yeah. on earth does that mean? Yeah, it's so high rocks, man. These people. If you're if you're out there, right? Hundred and fifty quid as well. Wow, I didn't if, even know that. Was if you're price. out there and you drink Noco before you go to the gym, <laughs> before you go to the gym, and then you like put chalk on your hands, do loads of pull-ups, and then tense in front of the mirror, this shoe is for you. <laughs> telling you. Hmm. Jesus Christ! It says it's it's got swell foam. Yeah, that's the name of the the midsole, swell foam. And that's the most impressive thing about this shoe. The midsole actually isn't pretty damn good. Wow, which you wouldn't expect looking at it, would you? This website is kind of kind of funky. It's funky, yeah. We've yeah, got something different going on here. That's sick, I... Ben. You should totally just like rinse them for everything they've got. Like, t like you could put yeah. that on the map if they pay you enough. Yeah, really yeah, too much free promo here, isn't there? Like, I reckon I mean, yeah, we've... at least like two hundred and fifty quid for this little segment so far already. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. So you can go to uk.radglobal.com and use the code. Um, 
run it three ways, 20. <laughs> to get absolutely nothing off. To get absolutely nothing off your shoes. Yeah. I like I like how they've got UK and global in the website name. I enjoy that. That's good. Yeah, yeah. and whoever does their marketing has had an absolute field day on the old... Um, the UR- on the URLs because you've got products forward slash R dash A dash D dash dash R It's like Jesus Christ, mate! You could have just written the word radar. I don't know why I needed a dash in between every letter. Anyway, sorry, oh, listeners. Me. Again, obviously you were listening, so if you want that to have full comedic effect, you should while you're listening log on to the website um, and scroll back. No, this far too much free promo. <laughs> Jesus, yeah, don't do that. Don't right. go on the website. Back to my training week. Well, Let's get the show back on the road. coming out soon. Wow. Oh, Tom's gone. Okay, come cool. on. I've right. lost him. Onwards. Um, so, yeah, easy Wednesday. Then Thursday was my go-to taper session, um, which I haven't done once this season before any of my track races. So um, <laughs> um, I used to do this last year, actually, and it was my secret to getting a decent performance um, a couple of days later. So the session is 2 by K at race pace followed by six 200s a little bit quicker. Um, and I went through the Ks in 2.51, which is my uh, 3K target pace. I was aiming to run 8.30 and, spoiler, around 8.29. So this session obviously worked. Um, you have two minutes recovery in between the K reps and 60 seconds between the 200s. Um, well, the Rock- Rocket X2s, again, great shoe, a bit more direct than a Pro 3, probably more suited to the 5.10 K distance. Um, warm up again in the rads very good shoe um, <laughs> and then then onto the race which was in glasgow so um this was a pretty exciting one for for chelmsford first time we've ever got on a on a plane together to my knowledge um so there was 50 of us in total traveled up to the lovely scotland 50 50 of us yeah across the, the across the team with officials and uh, team managers throwers field Throwers, jumpers, men's and women's teams. So yeah, it was what a what a weekend we've had. Um, did, did the pole vaulters come? Pole vaulters did come. They got. They have, did they have to check in their poles? No, somebody, one of our team managers, drove them up to Glasgow in his Tesla. Love that. Just and he to had get... to he had to stop three times on the way just to charge it up. Just to get relegated. Eleven hours just to get relegated. Yeah. Shocker! You got to love yeah. grassroots athletics. Yeah. Oh, it was a cracking weekend though um i'll quickly talk about the race so as i said i was aiming to run around 8 30 which is where i thought i was at and um, having spoken to my i guess you could call it coach martin he says if you just settle into a decent pace 68s will feel absolutely fine based off the training i've been doing which it did to be fair um and then you he reckoned i could close in about uh 210 on a good day i think he said 265 laps um, and I think he wasn't pro- uh, far off in terms of how the race panned out. Um, so the gun went. Um, nobody wanted to take it on. Classic uh, championship racing. So I was just like, screw it. I'm not I'm not going to make this a slow race and then a kick at the end because I'll stand no chance against these quick boys. Um, so I just took it on. I think I ran 67 for the first lap, then 69, and then 68 all the way through, which for the listeners is exactly 250 per k pace um so a lot faster than i've ever uh gone out in a 3k so i was a little bit worried and a bit apprehensive going into it but i was confident in the training that i've done recently i knew i was fit it was just a case of executing a race that i could be proud of 
Um, so I went through the first K in 252, I think it was. Um, and then about halfway into the second kilometer, uh, two runners came round me. And I thought, oh, brilliant. They're going to push the pace on and I can just sit in and get a free ride. They actually did the opposite. Um, I think their tactic was to go to the front and slowly slow it down a little bit and uh, to make it more of a kick for the line. Um, and I recognized that they'd done this and I wasn't too happy because I was trying to run 830. Um, they went to the front, they led for a lap and a half and then I decided enough was enough. And I actually took it on, took the race on with three laps to go. Um, I filmed it all, by the way, for a, a YouTube video, which should be coming out later in the week if you want to see it. Um, but yeah, I was pretty proud of it. Uh, took the race on and then basically with on the final lap, uh, with about 200 meters to go, Alfie Manthorpe, Mr. Trackstar, came round me um, and took the win. And I closed about half a second behind him um, in 8.29. But in terms of the race, it went pretty well. Um, when I made that sort of kick for the, well, not kick, I guess, but when I picked up the pace with three laps to go, I think I ran like a 65 in the middle there. So we went from running sort of 69 in the middle of the race to a to a 65 um it split the race up and alfie was right behind me and he was actually because because for alfie this is a fairly like comfortable threshold pace for him um he was he was like he actually said to me like you've got a gap like if you keep this up we're gonna get first and second so that kind of gave me a good bit of confidence because i didn't i wasn't looking around i was just focused on like moving forward in the race um and he said like keep this up we've got a gap and then the 200 meters to go he was like come on you got second keep with me like he's so confident <laughs> that he's gonna outkick me like fair play to the lad i know i knew he was gonna beat me like no matter what happened in the race but um didn't expect to lead basically 95 percent of the race but um yeah very happy with that went i think closed last 200 in 29 according to martin who was pretty happy with with our race so happy days Shout Good out one. Martin in Martin we Shout trust. Out Martin. Go on, Martin. Yeah. Go on, one, lad. One race, one race, one PB in Martin yeah. we trust. Yeah. Um, but no, I was really happy with the result. I've been training hard on the track for the last two months and not really had any results that I thought, yeah, that was a good shot, good sign of where my fitness is at. But that one was that one felt good. Um, especially the way we raced it. Fun fact oh. about the race as well is um the guy who designs the on spikes. I can't remember his name. Something Donnelly Jordan. was in Jordan, Jordan yeah. is in this race, oh, and he nice. said to me in the, when I was doing a few strides, he was like, "Oh, what do you think of them uh, shoes you got on your feet?" And I was like, "Yeah, they're all right, mate." <laughs> Obviously, knowing who he, knew, knowing who he was, I had a little bit of a joke with him. I think he ran fairly well. He runs for Woodford, um, but yeah, beat some quick guys in that race. One of them had run eight seventeen a couple of weeks before, so I think that shows the. The way the brace panned out, very happy with it. Couldn't have gone much better, to be honest. Oh, proud so. of you, Ben. Well done, yeah, ben. good stuff. Now I've got to translate that into a 5K. If well, I keep that up, 1420. 1410. Yeah. How are you enjoying? I know we've we've spoken before about coaching and all that sort of stuff, and you've you weren't anti it, but it just didn't fit in to how you liked to run and like the the content side of things and just yeah. everything really it it didn't seem like it was the right move for yourself personally now it feels like you are getting each episode it feels like you're getting more and more uh into the whole 
like setup that you've got going on, like being yeah. coach, leaning on advice from Big Martin and all that stuff. How are how are you finding it, and what do you reckon the future looks like for you in that regard? Yeah, that's a very good question, Tom. Um, I've been loving it really. The the track stuff, especially for these shorter distance races, it's so beneficial to train with a group. Like I've been doing sessions that I never would have been able to do on my own. Um, like having basically last rep burn ups with like 356 1500 meter boys which is pretty rapid for for my level um so in terms of my actual training it's been great to push me on to to the next level i think for these shorter distances like 68 seconds per lap i would never have dreamt of going off at that pace a few months ago because it's just like anything over 72 seconds per lap feels really well did feel really difficult because i just wasn't used to that like almost it feels like sixth gear to me um i've always racing like gear four or five depending on the distance um but this track stuff is obviously a lot faster and it feels a lot different when you're in it um so in terms of confidence and stuff like what training with the group has been really good um and i think i will do it a lot more moving forward it's going to be a little bit different as i sort of move back towards the roads the longer distances like doing like these short sessions on the track are not going to be like as beneficial they'll still be beneficial but i need to focus more on like longer reps uh moving forward so i'll probably train with the group at least once a week maybe twice a week but i'll be doing a lot more like longer tempos 2k reps that sort of stuff but um no i'm really enjoying it in terms of having somebody there at the track with a stopwatch being like right now try and run a 60 second last lap i'm like all right i'll do it 59 boom like well you get some really good like affirmation that your training is going in the right um in the right direction it's just so much easier isn't it like it's one of the biggest things i've been thinking about recently and just hearing you talk about like traveling to these uh these different meets and you know training with a group and stuff like yeah it i I would love to be part of that kind Mm. of atmosphere it sounds sounds amazing um, yeah we've got and, something pretty special at chancellor as well yeah. especially for for a club that's not like like we're not really a premiership division team but like the club atmosphere at the moment is at a is at an all-time high and that reflected in the in the night out uh, <laughs> it was a messy one let's just say that we'll get on to that in a second last question in in that regard is you you touched on it a bit but is martin gonna carry on with his guidance when you do hit the roads and start training for for the longer stuff like is is he um got knowledge in that department too rather than just you know the the track stuff um yeah so it's actually there's actually two coaches i think i mentioned maybe last week um there's martin and hayley uh, martin is this is martin's group that i've been training with he coaches them he doesn't coach individual athletes if you know what i mean so yeah moving forward i think in terms of my training it won't it will look very different to the training he sets his group which are more eight 1500 meter runners um up to this 3k steeple um i'm gonna speak more with Haley moving forward um she says she's gonna um give me some advice on my training i'm basically gonna send her my six-week training plan um, for my next 10k race she's gonna have a read through it and say oh i think you need a bit more of this or change this a little bit suggest some sessions that sort of stuff so i'm definitely going to have more of an input from from martin and Haley with my coaching going to jump into a lot more sessions on the track because they're clearly beneficial for me no matter the distance um but i'm still going to be more i guess it's it's a weird one i wouldn't say i'm 
I've got a coach, but I'm not self going to be completely self coached. If you know what I mean? Yeah, I like that. A it's going to be a nice situation. little hybrid, which is probably going to be the best best of both worlds for someone like me. I think mm. someone like me. Give us a give us a quick rundown of this night out. Then I know you've been itching to tell us. Yeah, it was pretty fun. <laughs> um, so the night started with a uh, Chinese buffet. It was the only place in um, Glasgow that could accommodate fifty um people <laughs> at a sort of sh uh short notice so we stayed in a place called Kilmanock, which was about 45 minutes from glasgow because this weekend was also the world championship cycling event so every hotel in the land was basically booked up so we stayed in a travel lodge on the m77 something like that in the middle of nowhere 45 minutes from the track we might as well have been in the middle of nowhere well we were um but we walked a mile down the road to this lovely Beijing banquet, it was called. If you're local to, to Kilmanock, I would recommend it. <laughs> £25 a head. Started the night with maybe three plates of Chinese food, a uh, couple of pints. I was originally going to only have one, one or two. Never three is my rule. Um, but I thought, you know what? You've got a PB. You've been working really hard recently. If you can't celebrate a PB, like, what's the point? So mm. we went with we went with it. Had a couple of pints with the Chinese. Then we went to a Weatherspoons, I think. Yeah, Weatherspoons next. And we started playing. So far. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a classy like night. Well, we didn't really have much to play with, uh, play with in uh, Kilmanet because we didn't want to go to Glasgow and then have to get a 45-minute taxi home, which would have cost like 100-something quid. So we just yeah. ended up in this rural Scottish town, which was certainly on the deprived side of things, I think I would be fair <laughs> to say. Um, £1.77 for a pint in the web spins. Oh my goodness me. Yeah. It was best, to be fair. I didn't touch it, but even like a, I had a punk IPA. It was my first drink in the spoons. I think it was about £3, £3.32, if I remember right, which is an interesting price. Hmm. Anyway, the drinking game started. We had shots. We had um, Jaeger bombs, the lot. Then we went to this club called Garage, which was a bowling alley but it had been the bowling alley was closed and you literally went through the front door to the bowling place walked past all the lanes and then you went in this like back room and there was a club it was it felt pretty dodgy but this place was absolutely rammed i think it was like the only club in that like town um <laughs> and yeah we spent spent the night there really good dj banging tunes a little bit of a dance off there till 3am and then we all walked home it was a good night. Sounds good, that. Yeah, it was a good laugh. 50 of us out, out on the lash. <laughs> oh, dear me. Well, no, yeah. I'm glad you had a good time. Like you say, if you can't celebrate a PB, what can you celebrate? Exactly. So my head's been a little bit sore. And yeah, the flight home this afternoon was a little bit touch and go. I was, I made sure I <laughs> knew exactly where the sick bag was just in case. But it didn't come to that, thankfully. <laughs> good stuff. What a week. But yeah, a that's weeks. my week. Finished it with a long run this afternoon. Nothing special, just 20 odd K. Finished the week, 130 kilometers. Mm. And then, yeah, another race week next week. So, three weeks in a row 10K, 3K, 5K. Boom. What's the plan then, Ben? Just give us a, a short little kind of like macro view of what you're training for and any intermediary goals for the next month or so. Yeah, so or I've got. Longer. I've got one last race in this little block of races. Um, sort of round off these last sort of 10 weeks of training 
then I've got a six week training period into the Vitality 10K, um, nice. which is going to be my next big one. 3030 is the project. Yeah, which annoyingly, Vitality 10K is not a, like a championship this year, is it? Which is very annoying. Oh, is it not? Um, no, I believe it's not. That's what was because um, it's the same weekend as the um, the Southern Road relays. So there was yeah, some, yeah. Uh, I was having some conversations about six some stage. People, yeah, some people were doing that. Some people were doing Southern's whatever. And then the other day, um, Jack Gray was telling me that it's not a not a championship or anything this year. No kind oh. of elite thing. I'm sure there'll still be amazing runners. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but, um, I hope so. It's a shame that there won't be any Mo Farah type. Uh, yeah, there's 12 or 15 guys under 30 minutes last year. I was kind of hoping for a similar field, but I don't think that'll be the case then. Well, no, um, tw- I think it, any any major road race in London, I think you're going to get 10 people under 30. I think you'll be fine. Yeah, um, I hope so. Yeah, should be good. Cool. And that is when? So that's end of September, mid-September. And Yeah, 24th September, I think. Good stuff. Yeah. Cool. Shall I go through my week? Or go weeks? for it, mate. This is the shortest weeks I'm ever going to do, lads. Um been having a bit of a break well I, I raced i raced in the first week and then um so the week starts with a race pretty much if we're only doing the exciting stuff literally monday i did an easy run tuesday i did an easy run in strides and then wednesday i ran 335 for 1500 so that was a good start to the week that's not bad is it um yeah i raced at the tooting bet bmc which i got a bit of a late co- uh, message shout out to a guy called daniel shaw i don't know if he listens to the podcast um but this guy at Hernhill Harriers absolutely pulling the strings on middle distance running in Britain for one weekend only. Um, so it was the day after the London Diamond League. Um, and I got a message through basically saying that some of the Australians that are over from the Melbourne Track Club want to set up a, a good 1500 and that there's a few different people in the country that would be keen to do it. So this guy had messaged me, messaged loads of other Brits and basically everyone had messaged each other and said, are you going to do it? Are you going to do it? Are you going to do it? And we all went, yeah, we'll do it. And we assembled this amazing field. So there was um, two guys from Australia that are pretty decent, run kind of 337. Um, there was Adam Fogg, who's based in America, but he's British. There was um, one of his teammates from Under Armour, John. Uh, and then with a couple of days to go, we got a message saying Sam Tanner has just done the London Diamond League and run 331. And he said he wants to run in Tooting Beck. So suddenly it was like, wow, what an amazing field we've got. Um, That's crazy. So yeah, all came together at the last minute. Exactly, it absolutely pissed it down. Like the weather was terrible in the lead up, um, and yeah, it was absolutely sodden. But the wind kind of dropped just in time for when we had a race. Uh, when we had the race, um, and yeah, it was pretty perfect. Ben Claridge, great pacer. He put, took us through eight hundred. We did the first lap in about fifty six, so it was fast. It was good. Went through eight hundred about one fifty five, and then uh, John had told us John. Uh, Rinwicky, he told us he was going to try and push it on a little bit if he could, or at least he was going to take over from the pacer um, to try and help out everyone run quick. Uh, he, he slowed a little bit, but it was good just to have someone who you knew was going to be able to take it on. Um, and yeah, I was basically like fifth or sixth the whole way around. Um, you might have seen if you've, you've seen it, I put a video of it on YouTube. Um, and then yeah, Bell Lap, I just made a move with 300 to go, went into the lead, ran as hard as I could all the way to the line got passed with about 60 70 meters to go by Santana but both came through quick um Sam got the all comers BMC record I got the members BMC record and Boom. yeah 36th fastest Brit of all time over 1500 not bad not a bad Wednesday night insane wow. mate well done yeah pretty good so yeah I was pleased with that that was a it was a good one 
Um, I'd run 3.36 a week and a half before and didn't really know if there was much more in the tank, but it seemed that there was. So, yeah, closed fast as well. Closed in like 55 or something like that. So, um, yeah, set myself up really nicely there with a, a really good time. 35, 3.35 um, is... Yeah, now spoiler alert, I've, that that will be my fastest time of the season. Um, yeah, great, great spot to end it in. And um, yeah, it was a whirlwind few days actually, with a million and one people getting in touch and different things happening here and there. So yeah, it was um, it was really good. And I've I should finish the season unless someone runs really well. Uh, sixth in the UK and the top five are like absolutely nuts. All three thirty, three twenty nine guys. So yeah. I saw that in your um, I watched your most recent video. Uh, yesterday, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, that was cracking video, by the way. If anyone's not watched it, they definitely should. Even though it obviously didn't, the race itself didn't go to plan. Um, it was, uh, I thought Charlie did a great job at pulling it together. And it was very authentic, I thought. But yeah, when it pops up with that list at the end of who you're sat behind, it's like, what, Elliot Giles, Matt Stonier, uh, George Mills, who else is on the list? Yeah, Gawley. Big um, dogs, basically. Yeah, it's basically, yeah, it's an insane field, essentially. Um, I'm kind of like best of the rest right now. Um, but to be fair, in that race at Tooting Beck, like Henry McClucky, Joe Wigfield, massive PB, 337, James Gormley, 337, like a lot of Brits. It was the best, the deepest BMC field there's ever been for 1500. So like, Easy. L- of course I did well, but loads of other people behind that were maybe on 339 or 340 all progressed as well. We all took a big jump together, which is really good because it's all well and good me wanting to progress and like I've done this whole series closing the gap. But like the more people that run fast in Britain, the better really. Um because then we can all race each other and we don't have to fly everywhere and race. So um yeah, that was great. That was Wednesday. Um Thursday, Friday were just easy running and then I flew to um Luxembourg on Saturday. Um flew there, felt fine not too bad sorry is someone like drinking a drink or something can anyone else hear that or like um um like moving a glass around on a table or something no i basically had to unplug my microphone for a second to charge my phone so maybe i'm getting some interference from my mic i don't know i could just hear like a bit of a background noise that's all good um no 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 it's fine i was just wondering what it was um yeah so went to luxembourg on saturday um yeah felt fine did my pre-meet and strides still felt fine and then at the athlete hotel we got served dinner and normally it's like well i say normally in my experience it's like a buffet or like there's like a few options this was like a sit down waiter brings it to you type meal kind of like chicken it was like chicken potatoes vegetables like the meal itself was fine and to be honest, again, this hindsight is twenty twenty thing. The day after, everyone say like, "Oh, the chicken was a bit pink, wasn't it?" and blah blah blah. But at the time, I ate it; thought it was really nice. You know, no problems. I wasn't eating at all concerned at all. It was actually a lovely restaurant cooked meal. Um, but weirdly, I literally ate the food, sat around talking for about half an hour because um, we we're watching some of the races that were going on on the live stream and things like that. And when I got back to my room, I just started to feel really bad. And I'm one of these people that I'm not very good at being ill in the sense of like, because it's out of my control, I get very frustrated at myself, at like the fact that there's nothing I can do. I'd much rather have an injury that I know I can fix rather than something where it's like, what's actually wrong? Will I get better? Will I not kind of thing? Um, and yeah, my stomach was just in bits actually. Like I didn't know whether I just needed to just shit my guts out or like <laughs> throw Poor up. Poor Charlie. 
I, did, I didn't know if I need to throw up or what, but like it was, it was odd. It was an odd feeling. That's all I can describe it as. It wasn't one that was kind of easily fixed, and I knew it was quite bad when I went to bed and I was, I felt really cold. You know, when you kind of get shivers in bed, and then you wake up in the night and you're sweating, and you're kind yeah. of like, okay, well, I was freezing when I went to bed. Now I'm boiling hot. And I said to Charlie, I was like, because we're sharing a room, I said, Charlie, be honest with me right now. Like, are you a what temperature do you feel? And he was like, I feel absolutely normal. I was like, right, okay, so I'm fucked then, pretty much. Uh, <laughs> uh, so anyway, I woke up the next day. My stomach was still going mad. I went on a shakeout run, jogged for ten minutes, and during this ten minute jog, I had to stop three times just to like breathe. Like my stomach was, it was just cramps in my stomach. Really, it's just stomachache. But I'm just, I'm making, I'm being really dramatic here. But like I said to you, I'm not good at being ill. Um, no stomachache. When you've got a bad stomachache, it's pretty debilitating like yeah but like stomach, you say, ache sounds, feel... stomach ache sounds like such a pussy thing doesn't it like <laughs> oh i've got a stomach ache so i can't run like i'd so be the sort of person to be like yeah all right mate you had a stomach ache that's not that bad um so yeah i am kind of milking it but at the same time i'd gone all the way to luxembourg i was gonna like it put it this way if i was two hours from a house or an hour from a house i would have just said yeah i'm not racing like if this was in london or birmingham or wherever i would have just said yeah i'm not racing i feel ill not the end of the world but because i'd gone all that way I was trying to get myself in the mindset of still racing. So I'm like, you know, I'm talking when I'm, especially cause we're filming it. The things I was saying out loud was like what I wanted to hear, not necessarily what I believed inside. If you see what I mean? So like, mm. I was like, right, what's a good coping mechanism? So I'm saying to myself like, right, well, you know, what if next year you're going to British champs, you've got the Olympic time you need to, and you feel a bit ill on that day. They're not going to postpone it for you. Like you're going to have to just learn how to get on with it. Like you're going to still have to run. And I'm telling myself, come on, like you've got to do this. You've got to do this and kind of gear myself up for it. And to be honest, I did start to feel better. Like in the afternoon, like I ate my lunch. Like it wasn't a case of like I couldn't have food. I was going about my business pretty normally with just like a bit of a dodgy stomach. Um, but the second that I got to my race and warmed up, then it was just like, oh shit, like I've, this is actually quite bad. Like, the the jumping around in my stomach while I'm jogging and doing my drills and stuff was not sitting on me well. Um, and literally, I did a couple of strides and I was about to go and put my spikes on. It was literally about five, six minutes before the race. And suddenly I got this really weird feeling over me where like I just suddenly really needed to go to the toilet and I just threw up everywhere when I got in there. So um, yeah, that we didn't film that as well, annoyingly, which would have been like, good to have on camera because even though it sounds like oh you just want to film that like that would have been good for the story to show like i'm actually fucked because it, it just sound, looks like i'm being a pussy and being like oh no like oh, i've thrown up so i can't race guys i'm really sorry and i look absolutely fine in the video um so yeah note to self next time stick the gopro on before i go and throw up <laughs> yeah get the, the real content the thing is you're uh you're not like boy who cried wolf by any stretch of the imagination with this kind of thing. So I think if you say, you know, you're a bit fucked and probably shouldn't race, I don't think there's a single soul on the planet who's going to be like, oh, you're just, you know, you're just going to think you're making excuses or whatever. Yeah, so... I, get, I get that. It's just, I'm like I said, the reason I preface this is by saying I'm so bad at being ill is because I just, I really am. I can't accept the fact that I'm ill. So I'm just trying to get over and be like, I'll be fine. I'll do this. I'll do that. And then when I actually realized, okay, you've literally thrown up seconds before the start or minutes before the start, you can't race. I was just so angry. I was like just annoyed at the fact that I'd come all this way. I couldn't race because I was ill. And also that I'd run 335 three days before it. And I was on such a roll with momentum and like, you know, the field was really good. I really wanted to race. Um, 
So yeah, I got obviously got over it. I'm one of these people where I just say to myself, right, cry about it for five minutes, not cry, but you know, be angry for five minutes and then just move on. Like there's bigger things in the world. Um, but yeah, just very frustrating to be honest um, that that happened. And kind of, this was probably going to be my last race anyway. So it's a shame that it ended the way it did because now it seems like I've ended the season because I was ill. Um, but obviously, that's not the case. It was kind of the idea to end the season at this point anyway because I've got loads coming up in the kind of autumn slash winter that I want to try and do well for so I need to kind of take some rest so yeah that was the first week I essentially was one of the greatest runners in the world on Wednesday night and then I was (laughs) absolutely like oh I wasn't a runner on Sunday so there you go funny how the uh, sport can work um so that brings us to the second week where so that was the Sunday so Monday I had off Tuesday, Before you I move had... on, Callum, out of interest, what was the race one in the the race you was going to race? Oh, it it was slow. It was slow. It was like three thirty nine. It got one in. Um, there you go. So it wasn't. But it's more the principle. Like I I said before, I went. I didn't even. I wasn't even going to get a PB. I actually wanted to win a race because I've been doing really well. And like I feel like I always come on the podcast and say that my racing is going well, which it is. But I've not actually won a race in well over a year. And there's nothing better than winning a race. You know, like winning is such a great feeling. So um, because I've been doing such high caliber of races and trying to race against the best people in the world, I'm just not winning anything. So I really need You need an Essex 10K, mate. There you go. So Come get the dub. Next year, you can have it. I really, I'm not from Essex, mate. I can't enter it. I am. You could enter, but you wouldn't be in the Essex um, yeah. Championship thing. But yeah, I just wanted to really end the season with kind of like, oh, how good would it be if I can actually, you know, get a win? That'd be really cool. Especially at a meet where last year I did the same race and I was like in the B race, didn't even get in the A race. So it would have been like such a nice full circle thing to then go back and kind of win. But hey, there you go. Uh, I was ill. Never mind. It's not the end of the world. Um, life goes on. And then, yeah, this week I had my enforced rest. So my coach is really big on making sure that we have, no matter what's going on, as much of a down period as we can. So the compromise that we normally come to is like seven to 10 days or or basically two weeks of like easy slash off rather than being one of these where it's like right three weeks without doing anything. Just because one, I'm terrible. I'm like just a terrible person to be around if I have loads of rest. Like I'm a big exercise person. It's just good for me with who I am. I feel more motivated to do my work. Like just in general, exercise is good. Um, and second of all, I've got um, yeah things coming up that I do need to train for. So kind of taking three weeks completely off doesn't really work well. So um, yeah, this week I had the Monday and Tuesday off. I ran on the Wednesday. I had the thursday off i ran on the friday and then i had saturday and sunday off so five days off two days of running and these runs were literally five miles at 820 per mile um ish so yeah super easy nice enjoyable social runs um and yeah i've had my enforced rest i'll be back next week into some no sessions but just easy running every day a couple of days with some strides um probably do maybe like 45 50 miles something like that of just easy jogging and then the week after that i'll be back into to normal training with a focus on getting ready for some um some road and cross-country stuff so yeah that's the end of the summer boys for me even though it's august and it's the start of the summer technically it's the end of the summer for me what a season eh yeah been uh been good from what did you start the season at 342 was it 340 340 340. yeah not bad not bad. Shift Not up. bad. Eighty-first. Five more the... seconds next year, and you're at the top of the world champs. Yeah, well, two and a half, two point seven seconds. I need off 
to get the work to get the Olympic time. So that's the goal for next season now. Get the Olympic time and then give myself a chance at British Champs to make the Olympics. Who knows? Sounds crazy, but could do it. Doesn't sound crazy. You're not clip, far off now. Clip yeah. clip this. That gap ain't that gap ain't very big anymore. Yeah. Remember this, episode thirty, what are we on? Thirty three. Is this thirty Olympics coming? Yep, episode thirty three. There we go. So yeah, that's me, boys. Super simple. Not much to talk about, to be honest. One really good race. One race where I didn't make the start line. And then a week where I basically drank loads of beer, loads of wine, ate loads of food, uh, put some two peas in a slot machine in Brighton and went for a couple of jogs. That's me. What I loved about your most recent video, which again, I'd encourage people to to watch, is your very philosophical uh, approach on the whole closing the gap thing because obviously there were lots of people like gap closed, blah, 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 blah. But you put it as like, uh, you might have made significant improvements and be in great company, like towards the top of the food chain, but there's still those people ahead of you. So the gap is sort of always, always there. There's another gap. I think that's how you worded it. Yeah. One, one gap closes, another one opens. Yeah, literally. <laughs> literally. I haven't watched this latest video yeah, yet. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, but it's true though. It's like I, I can't remember the exact words that I said, but yeah, it's basically the the if you watch the first video that I made and the whole reason I pitched the kind of series to Saw and said like let's do it is me being in this like sub elite type void where it's a case of okay, there's a lot I need to do to improve and I can't do it all in one jump. So there's no point making a series of the, the road to running 330 or the road to making the Olympics or whatever, because that's an yeah. unrealistic jump. Whereas closing the gap, it doesn't have like a, um, it's very subjective, isn't it? In terms of is the, if the gap is closed. So in some people's mind, it's like, well, yeah, you've closed the gap now. You've run 335, you're top 100 in the world. Like that's you, the gap's closed. In some people's heads, it'd be like, well, no, you're still, you know, Jakob's run 327 or whatever. So actually you're still eight seconds off. That's a bloody massive gap over 1500. So it depends how you look at it. And I think that's why it's quite nice really, because everyone can have their own kind of opinion and stuff, but I want people to buy into it and have their own sights on their gaps, you know? So like Ben's might be, oh, the gap between me and the best people in the South of England, or, you know, it might be between me and running a 30 minute 10K or whatever kind of Ben's is. And for yours, Tom, closing the gap right now might be, you know, getting back to do races or whatever. I think you can just use it however you want, which is quite nice. Mm. Yeah, I like it a lot. Yeah, honestly, I think um, You're gonna get Charlie... Tired. Did a did a blind of a job on the edit of that because it like you said it it could have just been a video that never saw the light of day because you went to Luxembourg to do a race that you never bloody ran. Um, but yeah, in and... the end, I think it especially when you were talking about the you know how you can be oh there's a great quote isn't there about being um, on top of the world one day and in in the bin the next. I can't remember what it is or who said it, but um, you know what I mean. I enjoyed that it was just... yeah you show how vulnerable running is you can literally run you know the the race of your life and then be totally buggered within a week yeah um, and i think that that's a, a lesson for us all with training as well in yeah. terms of when you're at your peak quote-unquote peak or when you're at that moment where you really want to perform that's probably when you are your most vulnerable because everything needs to align. You've built everything up for that one thing. You know, you've come down in your training or you're a bit more fatigued because you've had a big training block or that's kind of the moment to get it right. And I think when it comes to periodizing your training, we need to all consider that we can't have these peaks every single week. You're never going to be at your very best. So like Ben's building up six weeks of training for one kind of, you know, goal race, if it will. 
is making sure that after he's done that, okay, when can he build in some rest or some slightly lighter training to order that to try and, you know, then get to that again. I think a lot of the times we sort of um, just hammer it all the time and hope that every single race we turn out to, we're going to be like at our top. And it made yeah. me realize that when the margins are this fine and you're trying to take half a second off your time, and that might be the difference between a, a qualifying time or not, like, you have to really push your body to being right on the right on the limit. And right now, I can't get away with running two thirty fives, three thirty fives in a week. Clearly, because my body said, "Nope, sorry, like you're tired now, and your immune system's down, and therefore this pig chicken is about to ruin your stomach." <laughs> um, whereas once I get a bit stronger and a bit fitter and all that sort of thing, I'm sure I'll be able to, you know, do a couple of three thirty fives in one week. Um, and that's why the best guys now can do a heat, a semi-final and a final in the space of four days and get a medal around the neck. That's why they're the best in the world, isn't it? Indeed. Indeed, there indeed. Go. There we go. Training week's done. Two weeks of fun, I told you. Should we do some running news after that long silent pause there? Yeah, I'm not <laughs> I'm I'm not gonna this this running news, man, I could talk for ages and I have just talked for ages. So someone else take the reins. I'm gonna chime in and I'm gonna limit myself to one sentence per bit of running news. Okay. So um, these are some notes that I made on the plane home from Scotland um, that I could think of in the running news in the last two weeks. So the most recent one is uh, probably the golden boy of distance running in the UK. Uh, the marathon, British marathon, fastest British marathoner this year, Emil Caress, did an 11K road race in Sicily, one that I've not heard of before. Um, but I had a little watch of the highlights and it looks incredible, like, classic little italian town cobbled streets up and down um crowds absolutely lining the course going crazy uh and emil basically took the race out uh he looked like he was going to win it for the most of it i think the race lasted about 34 minutes and he led probably the first 25 30 minutes um he got out kicked a little bit by two um african runners i think they were from either kenya or ethiopia um, but yeah, first ever British person to come on the podium at that race. I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce it. Guy No chance. I can't read that. Yeah. It's also worth noting. It's like, it, it's a very specific distance, um, for a reason. It's like 11,327 meters or something like that. It's very peculiar, mm. peculiar. Distance. Yeah. Um, it's but the, yeah, it was a good one to watch. The old race as well, wasn't it? It's, yeah. Um, you could tell there was hit some history there for sure. Yeah. 1912 apparently was the first running of this race. Wow. So over a yeah. hundred years. Yeah. Not, not bad that. Decent shout out Emil. And the first person, first British person to come on the podium. So yep. He had his little Takumis on. Smashed it. <laughs> um, <laughs> other <tukumis>. news. <laughs> Doesn't even need super shoes, that guy. Oh dear. Um, Alex Bell. Did you see her race in uh, Birmingham? Yeah, yeah, I did. I liked that a lot. Yeah, that was great. I love a bit of, um, controversial um publicity from the athletes uh alex didn't get selected to go to the world champs um izzy boffy was selected instead of her well there was a bit of a like a comparison between the two they decided to select izzy and then alex goes and runs uh in birmingham after being like she she was originally going to do the diamond league in london and then for some reason she wasn't given a lane or something like that some politics she went to birmingham and she ran an Olympic qualifying time, basically stuck her middle fingers up to the uh, UK selectors. Yes, yeah, we right. love to see. Right. She she didn't get into she didn't get into London, and 
British Athletic slash London Diamond League gave Katie Snowden a lane, which Katie Snowden, I'm sure, is a lovely woman and ran amazingly, but she's a 1,500-meter runner that already has a spot for World Champs secured. Yeah. Um, so, And that was the very last day, the 30th of July, that you could... Um, any Qualify. Any performances could count. Um, so they denied her that, which is, yeah, fair enough. So then she came to Tooting Beck on Wednesday, uh, where I ran, and she ran... Uh, the BMC all-time record, and she got the, um, the 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 time, and then she went three days later on the Saturday. And like I was saying, it's hard, really hard to peak twice. Well, she went and did it again and smashed it, and um, and got the Olympic time. And interestingly, in the, in the interview, she said um, she addressed Steve Vernon, who's the UK Athletics Performance Director, personally, and just said, "Steve, can you reply to my texts?" Because oh, I mean, oh, oh. I've been. She just said, and she's 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 very professional about it. To be fair, but yeah. how you you know, God knows what I would have been like. But she said, look, please can you respond to my text? I've had I've asked a lot of questions and I've not had any answers. So please can you get in touch with me? And I think that's a massive red flag for me of not to have a go at Steve Vernon because he's a lovely guy. But athlete communication surely in that situation has to be like a priority, right? So yeah. before the whole world knows about selection decisions and why and they have a, have happened and haven't knowing that everyone's going to talk about them. Surely you communicate with the athlete very clearly, whether they like it or not. This is why we chose what to do. This is, you know, what you didn't do that met our criteria and just be very open and honest. Don't leave it for an athlete to be guessing why they didn't get selected. I think that's complete kind of like disregard for their whole kind of mental health and that sort of thing. I don't really like that. Um, But yeah, shout out to Alex for actually saying something and not just kind of like doing a tweet about it or whatever. She actually went out, did the business, and then in the interview said, hey, look, just run the time, buddy. Give me some answers. So I like that. Good stuff. It's a great snap as well, that, isn't it? Shout out to her, James James Rhodes. James Rhodes. Took that picture of her doing the double double fingers. I like that. I love it. Yeah, the Daily Mail picked that up, actually. I saw. Yeah, I saw that too. Yeah, Good on her. <laughs> Interesting. Um, at the other end of the spectrum, from the shorter track stuff to the longer stuff, Kelvin Kipton is being announced to race Chicago. Mm. So that'll be a good one. Not necessarily a world record course. Well, not at all. It's got quite a few hilly bridges in it, I think. So that'll yeah. be interesting. Racing. Uh, oh, who's the other guy who's on that list? Oh, it's gone now. I'll come back Kipton, to him. Kip, Kipton's juiced up anyway, man. Juiced up. Yeah. He does look it. He's definitely, he's, he's, I say definitely, of course I don't know anything definite, but in my opinion, he's dodgy. I wanted to ask you boys about this because it seems like there's more and more politics going on in marathon racing at the top end now. Like yeah. everybody, you know, you've got Kipchoge saying he wants to win the all the majors. That goes tits up in Boston, so then he gets announced for Berlin. There's rumours that Kipton's going to do Berlin, but then it turns out that he's actually doing Chicago. Whereas he could have gone on for gone for the world record at either Berlin or Valencia, but Cheptegei is making his debut in Valencia, and it's an NN running event, Valencia Marathon. So there's all of this like it feels almost like boxing in a way, where the best very rarely end up actually racing the best, and it yeah. feels like quite a new development. This whole like uh, I don't know the politics of who races where and when, and I, I don't really like it. Because no. Kipton and Kipchoge, we don't get much joy in running when it comes to big, mass global attention on on stuff like this. And I think Berlin Marathon, Kipchoge and Kipton, you know, the the old the old boy versus the up and coming kid, you know, 
that's that's a great story that we're probably never gonna get now um and i yeah. don't know how, how do you boys feel about that because it feels very calculated this whole situation of them all doing different marathons i agree i think it's a um a marketing thing from nike like they don't want to put them up against each other because it will damage kipchoge's yeah. reputation if he loses like it just makes sense from an, a sort of sponsorship standpoint to have two like news headlines kipchoge wins berlin kipton wins chicago these yeah. two are great runners they're both nike athletes rather than being like we've got two nike athletes and we're going to make them smash heads yes it would be a great headline but if kipchoge loses and i don't know he quits after 20 miles then everyone's like oh kipchoge's rubbish he's done like it's not the story they want for him probably yeah, yeah i don't know how much is nike and how much is the agents really because like for a start, if you're global sports communication that you know created and run NN, then you're already strategically not putting NN people against each other. Really, you know, yeah. you're seeing you're seeing what you can best do with that. And then the other thing is like the budgets for these races. So, you know, a great example in Britain is Mo Farah said at London, didn't he? My last race is going to be the Great North Run. He's like, I'm doing one more race. It's the Great North Run. Hasn't he just been announced for the big half? I'm yeah. pretty sure. So it's yeah. like, so how much money did they have to pull out to give Sir Mo? And by the way, good on Mo Farah for taking it. If you're about to retire from running, you make as much money as you can, fella. You know what I mean? You, you, you know, do whatever <laughs> Yeah, get you the middle do. fingers up at the end. Yeah, so. yeah, do whatever you can do. But I reckon they had to give, because big half must, they need to sell out and they need to get people onto the streets of London on the closed roads to make it a big thing, don't they? I reckon yeah. they've paid him a serious bag, a serious enough amount of money. They for... always do it at a big half, don't they? Uh, well, yeah, of course. But what I mean is it's enough money for Mo Farah to go. I know I told all the world in April uh, all over the news that I was doing one more race, but I'm actually going to do another one now. Yeah, so you, you imagine... paid me enough. And you imagine that's Mo Farah who's already probably multimillionaire, you would imagine, right? So now imagine you're Kiptum and Valencia or whatever marathon Chicago are going to you well, we've spent a lot of our budget on Kipchoge for Berlin, but we've got all of our budget left for Chicago. So you can be our headline guy. Here's yeah. the amount. Here's the amount of money. The agent goes, "Wow, I'm getting fifteen percent of that, and he's probably going to win because there's no one else good. So I'm then going to get fifteen percent of his winnings." Oh, I think it's a great idea. You do Chicago, mate. I think, and then you wrap it. You wrap it up in some nice marketing thing of like, "Oh yeah, you'll be the king of Chicago. You should definitely do that." And actually, you're licking your lips, going, "Right, that's going to be sixty grand straight to me after he wins this." You know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I agree with you. I think that marathons and road running in general, it just shows you how little people care about the Olympics and world champs because all the money is on the main the main the thing. It would be amazing for everyone to go to the Olympics, all the best guys from each country and, and best women from each country, and just have one big race. But unfortunately, because money talks, they'll be spread out over eight or ten different marathons, and it will just be sat here going, oh, well, maybe he could have beaten him. Maybe, maybe he could have. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think you're dead right. Like, um, I can't imagine what the appearance fee is for Kipchoge at Berlin, but you've got to think if they're spending all that budget on him, they can't then have budget left over to also get Kipton and Cheptegei, for example, to all race at the same thing. So I get it. It's just uh, it's a bit of a shame, isn't Has it? Hashtag not good for the sport. Horse, yeah, it's a shame. And also, like, think about the athletes. Like, if you look at the field, we would do it now on a small scale, wouldn't we? If there was a thousand pounds up for winning a race and there's 20 really good guys all going for it or there's 800 pounds up for a race and no one good is racing it you just do the one with 800 if you care mm. about the money because you'd be like well there's a much better chance i'm gonna win it and i think for a lot of people especially people who you know in america it's always about who was the first american right and all that sort of thing yeah. they'll they'll look at which americans are doing which and go right so there's five good americans 
oh, great, I can come in the top five Americans at a world major. I'll do that one rather than yeah. do the, the pancake flat nice one. I'll do the horrible one that no one else wants to do, you know, because it's better money. Yeah. Makes but, no yeah, sense. Great point raised there, Tom, from you. Um, Thank you very much, Callum. One final like big piece of news this week, I guess, before we move on to a couple of listeners' questions was the new World Athletics rules. Um, there's actually a listener question I didn't include because I thought we could just cover it here, but they wanted to hear your thoughts on it, Callum. So what I'm referring to is the no empty lanes in the sort of 100-metre, well, sprint races, no fastest losers anymore, and it's all about those big queues. So like if you come top six in your heat, you go through. Simple as that. There's no like fastest losers type thing. Um, what's your yeah. thinking? Good, good or yeah, bad? Yeah. So there's those things. And then the other two are, which I think are really good, is um, the seeding of the lanes. So it used to be based on how fast you qualify, you'd get given a certain lane. That's yeah. still happening, but they've reordered where they're going to be. So essentially the fastest people will all end up next to each other. It would be better for the fans and it should lead to better times. So I think that's really cool. And then the other thing is with the uh, qualifying, they've added like a, not a hot seat, but they've called it a queue room. I don't know if you guys have seen this. A bit like um, in a cycling race, like so, time trials. Yeah, so in time trial racing, where you would go and sit on the hot seat to see if you're getting through, it's a similar thing to that called the queue room, where you'll go and you'll be able to see other people, um, which uh, see other people's times if you've got through for those events where it still does um, exist. But yeah, I think it's good, good changes. Um, the In most events, the, the, the small queue, so if you're qualifying on time, has massively benefited people that are in the last heat. Yeah. Um, which yeah. in a 5k is just complete bollocks because the first 5k would always go off and be one in, you know, 1330 or whatever. And the top four would get through. And then the second heat would be like, right, well, eight of us are going to get through if we just run faster than 1330. So, you know, it, it's a massive benefit in those sort of events. So to make each of them an all out race, I think is great. Um, it will be unfortunate for some people that are now going to miss out because they've been drawn in really competitive heats. But hey, at least you'll know that the top six that you see is the top six you go through. There won't be any waiting around to see if um, someone's tactically got through. So I think that's cool. No empty lanes. That speaks for itself. Like Great decision. That's great decision. Um, I mean, I feel a bit sorry for the athletes that have to warm up and get ready because they can be called up to an hour before, I believe. Um, so... I guess they won't be warming up, but they'll be there on the day eating their breakfast thinking, hey, if someone drops out, I'm the next person in, which must be a weird feeling. But What well, happens if someone gets uh, DQ'd like, in the 100 metres? Do then somebody else come in? No, I don't know. It's not for DQs. It's not quite like that. It's just it's not for DQs, but a lot of the time, because there's so many rounds, by the time someone gets to a final, they might just be, you know, the hamstrings just had it. Do you get what I mean? So they're yeah, just yeah. like, I actually can't race the final. Um, so rather than doing that, they're like, well, the next the next best person will be primed and ready to go you'll have to make your decision after you know an hour before or whatever and then they'll call in the next person i think that's how it's going to work so yeah i think it's good and you know what it's just good to see world athletics being forward thinking you know they were forward thinking about the ranking system although gb have just completely you know forgotten to care about it they've been forward thinking about some rules like this for better or worse at least they're making some changes right because mm. the, big, the biggest complaint we normally have about these governing bodies is they don't make any change at all and they just want to keep athletics the same as it's been for years and years so yeah, I think it's good to see some changes. And if they don't work, well, back to the drawing board. But yeah, I think it's it's good progress. Good stuff. Listeners' cool. cues. Anything yeah. else in the news you want to talk about? Before yeah, we well, well, I was thinking because it's been a long episode, we could maybe save the questions and, and, and talk about this bit of 
this this new Adidas shoe thing. What's oh, yeah. Because you and Tom surely have got some juicy opinions on this. Um... <laughs> yeah, I, I do. About know. The switch forward? Well, I'm interested. I, am, yeah. I, I don't even know what this is about. I'm just reading here. It says new Adidas shoe literally copies running cloud tech. Oh, so, running cloud tech. Yeah. So tell me. Yeah, I, I wanted to ask Tom's opinion on this, really, because I saw a new Adidas supposedly running shoe that came out. Um, and mm. I, thought, I looked at it and thought, hang on a sec. Isn't that just cloud technology from an on-running shoe put on the bottom of an Adidas shoe? Like, how have they got away with that, basically? Yeah, so the, the shoe that Ben's referring to is the Adidas Switch Forward, which is essentially a it takedown cool. version of the uh, the 4D Forward, which is their 3D-printed midsole shoe, which absolutely nobody runs in and nobody should run in, but it looks pretty cool. Um, so, yeah... It, if a weird one and as much as i love adidas their communication on launches and marketing with stuff like this is always a little bit weird because this is one of those shoes that just kind of appeared in the marketplace a little bit and um yeah it's it's an interesting one it definitely resembles on cloud tech doesn't it with like the the yeah. holes in the midsole especially even, the, like, um, the shape surfer. of them mm. I'll put a link yeah. in, the, in the chat so you can have a little look, Callum. Oh, here we go. I'll, okay. I will say that it's <laughs> it it doesn't compress in the same way as those uh, pods on a shoe like a Cloud Surfer or Cloud Monster does. Um, this is basically it's a very very comfortable shoe. If you get your foot in it, you'll think, "Oh, this is lovely." But if you're, I hate using the word like serious or proper. But if you're someone who's doing, you just know, say you're running it. Just say it, as a that's sport. What, that's what you mean, mate. You're on a yeah, podcast yeah. for fun in your spare time. You've not had your dinner yet. You've not, <laughs> your dinner. You've not even eaten, mate. You say what you mean. You mean if, if a fast runner wears this shoe, they're not going to like it. Say it with your chest. Yeah, 100%. If, if you're a proper runner, you won't like this shoe. I, I can say that <laughs> for a fact because it is... Cancel him a, now. Cancel him. <laughs> yeah, it's a see you later. fat wedge of EVA foam underfoot it's very heavy it's over 300 grams in a in a men's sample size which is uk eight and a half if you look at the outsole it's full of holes so you're gonna you go get a load of debris trails, in there. Bloody hell. if you happen to step on an unfortunate bit of dog feces that's not been cleared up by its owner that is going straight in the bottom of your bloody shoe and it's never coming out again so uh, it's a weird one and the whole part of these meetings when i was at uh addy hq was to give them like God's honest feedback on product um, and definitely didn't hold back when it comes to this weird variety of shoes that they've got going on that appear are pushed as running shoes, but really nobody's running in them. Nobody even knows what they really are or what they're for. Um, yeah. And unfortunately, people will buy these as a running shoe and then they've spent 150 quid and they can't really run yeah. them. So yeah, they'll be what's, mad, what's mad is for the same price, you could get the rads. <laughs> yeah exactly and have a great time <laughs> another another great shoe from our friends at rad uk global yeah but listen sponsors but... of this week's pod apparently i didn't bloody know it but <laughs> i'm emailing them as we speak the, the, the... oh it'd be great if we got the next episode sponsored by them wouldn't it well let's send them I, mean, this I, can, I can make it happen yeah yeah let's do it why not they um... sent me two pairs so i've got a spare one if you want them beautiful ultimately the, the thing with a shoe like this is it is good for a certain type of person if you want like if you're running a couple times a week for fitness you're going and jogging 3k 5k 
whatever it may be with a few little breaks in there. And then you want to go to the gym in the shoe, but you also want to wear it to walk around Sainsbury's or go for a day out around bloody Butlins. You can wear this shoe and it will be great. It will do everything that you need it to do. But it's it's for people who listen to this podcast. Don't don't buy this shoe unless, unless you unless love you, how it looks. Unless you're going to Butlins. Do you know what I said? I, I described this, right? Hear me out. It's a bit of a weird uh, analogy. You know those objects where it, it's it's that whole, is it real or is it made of cake? Like it might be <laughs> a leather boot and you look at it and it's like, oh, it's actually made of cake when you cut into it and then someone takes a big bite out of it. To me, this looks like a running shoe that could be made of cake. Yeah, I agree. I, I'm totally getting that because I'm actually playing around with the personalized feature now and writing like different names on it. And uh, <laughs> I can see how that looks like a cake now. It does. Yeah. I, I Yeah. To be honest... You could probably, uh, yeah, well, if you eat it, it'll probably be just as enjoyable as it would be running in it. Um, but that's enough, enough. Of, of that shoe. I will say Adidas have got some great stuff coming. There's an update to the Adi Star coming, which was an absolute clomper of a shoe. Good for the right person, but very <laughs> heavy. <laughs> but that there's a fantastic update to that. That's going to be an actually very decent shoe. Um, and there's... Yeah, there's a really, really good daily trainer coming from Adidas, which is something they've lacked for a long time. Uh, and that's coming sort of oh, towards the end of the year. Um, there'll be a really solid daily mileage shoe from Adidas. So don't spend your money on this, uh, for goodness sake. Wait, and and yeah, there's some decent stuff coming soon. Mm-hmm. Shoprad.com. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Get him off the pod. <laughs> There's a no strings attached agreement. You send me the shoes, I try it out. If I like it, we'll have a chat. Listen, listen. Whatever goes on the, whatever is brought onto the podcast is free game. All right. If you yeah. mention the rads on this podcast, then who I knows? I didn't mention him. You made me talk about him. Was... Ben's agent is going to be tearing his hair out right now. Yeah, Chris is not going to be happy. Are we going to are we going to see Hardest Geezer running into rads soon? Because you spot because you you've got the same agent. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, if you see it next week, you know why. Anyway, what was, what's happening with the list of questions? We're just going to skip it completely. I reckon so. It's, we've been one at one hour forty-five now. Yeah, um, that's hefty. But can I can I just ask now, boys? What's the plan for the the next episode? Are we giving them a two weeker or a one weeker? We've got to go back to a one weeker if we can. Yeah, I think we've got to go back to yeah. a one weeker. All right, let's let's try and hold ourselves to it then. If we're yeah. Uh, yeah. for one week in it. Yeah. Apologies for the shenanigans, but um, a few listener shout outs before we uh, wrap it up. Just want to shout out Mr. Will Steadman. He ran an impressive 203 for 800 at the weekend. A um, couple of Glaswegian lads down at the track. Big fans of the vlog. Got a Polaroid picture with me after the race, which was pretty cool. And nice. also Callum Jones, um, who's one of my mates, who's a on-running tech rep. He also runs, um, owns the, what's it called? Um, the Running Trips Official, the Kenya Trips. He ran 14.05 for a big 5k PB at the Hercules Wimbledon. I think it was last night or the night before. Um, so shout out to Callum as well. 14.08. Cracking time. Um, anything else, boys? That's it from me, lads. Good to catch up. Thanks, listeners, for uh, for bearing with us. And um, yeah, shout out to our partners. You know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> anything, uh, anything exciting coming up in the next seven days or so? I'm off to Cardiff and I'm going to run fast. That's all you Lovely. need to know. Good stuff. Yeah. I'm, I'm jogging all week, mate. Jog, oh, yeah. I'm jogging all week, yeah. Maybe but, you uh, could link up. Go down to uh, Bradford, do a couple of jogs. 
I'm going to be in Cornwall. I'm oh, yeah, of course. Sorry. Yeah. 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 Hopefully the weather's better for you. It does actually look like we've got some good weather coming. So I don't know if yeah. it will translate to Cornwall, but you never know. I do hope so. Mm. Well, well, boys, it's been a pleasure. Tom, enjoy your dinner. Ben, um, <laughs> maybe get some extra food in your lad um, after those sandwiches. Yeah, and that was I'll, shocking. Uh, Sorry, I'll, you had to hear that. I'll see you next week, boys. Well, <laughs> this week, rather. Yeah. See you later, lads. All right, Fabulous. boys. All right. See you in a bit. Cheers.